This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. This episode is brought to you by GroCo Postnatal Rehab. GroCo was founded in 2018 by chiropractor Dr. Ali Kane when she was 32 weeks pregnant with her first baby. She wanted to create a rehab program that supported women through the physical, mental, and emotional challenges of motherhood. The GroCo methodology is aimed at preventing, reducing, and resolving symptoms women have been made to think are an inevitable consequence of childbirth. Classes stream 24-7, so you're able to do them whenever it works best for you. There's also a weekly live class with a GroCo doctor and also a monthly master class. The goals of GroCo are to be accessible to women, be supportive, but also provide them with a high-quality rehab program. Everything is focused on your core and your pelvic floor, which you guys know that I love. It's important to note that this is not your typical workout class. GroCo classes are very focused on your pelvic floor and your core muscles that have been affected by carrying a child and by giving birth. Follow along at groco.rehab on Instagram, that's at G-R-O-W-C-O dot rehab to learn everything you need to know about your body after baby. She has so much valuable information on her Instagram account that you will not regret following. I know for myself, I was totally fine postpartum until Milo was about 18 months and then I started to get really bad lower back pain and sometimes when I would sneeze or dance too hard, I would leak and that was not cool. So I went and saw Allie, I saw a pelvic floor physio and they put me on a program and I started doing the GroCo classes. And literally within a few days of doing the breath work that they teach you in GroCo, my lower back pain was totally gone. You will learn so much about your body and how to use those muscles in ways that you didn't know that you could. Check out the episode notes for more information. Your pelvic floor will thank you. It is Tuesday podcast time, which means it is the solo episode. And today I am talking about being home alone with your baby, your toddler, your kid, your kids, whatever it might be. The only reason I thought of this as a topic to talk about and bring up on Instagram is because my husband said something like, aren't you happy that I'm home tonight for bath time and bedtime? Um, because he was working quite a bit and getting called into the hospital. So I had done it alone for a few days. And I was like, I'm always happy when you're home. I wasn't being sarcastic. I was like, it's always better when you're home. Uh, Not that whenever he leaves is miserable or anything. It's just easier and you almost have like a peace of mind knowing that there is another adult there. And this is so funny because I always talk about how when Milo was first born, I did not want anybody in the house. But again, my husband was there most of the time. My mom was there, my sister. So I did have people around. 
but I didn't want visitors. I wasn't, you know, making plans with friends or anything like that. I wasn't having extended family over for a long time. I just wanted to settle into a routine and focus on Milo and be able to completely shut down and sleep or do whatever I wanted when he slept which in the newborn stage is a lot. He was sleeping a lot, so I wanted that time to myself and I just didn't want people over. I was also breastfeeding all the time and I was half naked all the time. So yeah, I just, I'm a huge advocate for standing up for yourself if you don't want visitors after giving birth for the first however long it takes you to feel settled in and comfortable. Now, switching gears a little bit, when Milo was older and I would say it was probably around when he was crawling, all of a sudden my mindset shifted to always wanting visitors over or having plans in place for when he wasn't napping. And a lot of people related to this because when I put up a sticker to get your feedback on this topic, so many people were saying how when they know they're going to have a day alone with their baby, their toddler, their kids, they try and jam pack it with activities to kind of keep busy, which I can totally relate to. I would take him swimming and then we would go to the little uh, baby playtime at one of the community centers, which... In COVID times, with things not being open, I feel so much for new parents who are in that, you know, frame of mind where they just want to be out and connecting with other people and, you know, socializing with other adults who have kids as well. Going to see friends, like taking our babies to a coffee shop or out for lunch or, you know, even for a walk in the park was so helpful during those months because you're just connecting with other people and getting out of the house. And it's one of those things where you always hear about moms saying how motherhood can be lonely or the postpartum, like the period after having a baby for the first like year or two or maternity leave can be lonely. And I never really understood that, but now I get it. It's even though you're insanely busy and you have an insane mental load and physically you're tired, you still feel lonely. And I think a lot of that is not having people that you can connect with that relate to you and you can relate to them and you can validate each other's feelings and talk about all these things that we're going through that a lot of people just don't want to talk about because they fear being judged by other people because other people don't talk about it and so on and so on and it's a vicious cycle. For example, nobody wants to say, I don't like being home alone with my kids because that sounds bad if you just look at it on a surface level. It's not that we don't love our kids and we don't enjoy spending time with them, it's that it can be lonely and it is hard. Being home alone with a baby, a toddler, or kids is hard. It's much easier when there is a second adult around. And I remember in quarantine when I was home alone with Milo every day, The fact that having a second adult is so much easier was really obvious. There were times I would take Milo in the backyard to play and then all of a sudden I needed something quickly and the back door is locked, but he refuses to get out of the sandbox, but I can't leave him to go to the front yard and go through the front door and grab whatever I needed, probably sunscreen because I'm paranoid about that. 
uh, or a change of pants or whatever it was. It's like if you have a second adult, it is just so much easier taking him to the park and he's throwing a tantrum because he doesn't want to leave. How do I push the stroller that he won't get into and also carry him at the same time while he's screaming and upset that we have to leave? Side note, this is why you should always bring cookies or something that they love to the park or when you're out and about just solely to get them back into the stroller and buckled up. So I had a ton of these experiences in quarantine and then I remember also when I was on maternity leave, I used to, I couldn't wait for my husband to get home from work. And it's not like I was having a difficult time every single day. It was just like you wanted someone else there. And so many people wrote in saying the exact same thing, which I have never really heard people talk about this before. The you know, the thought of not wanting to be home alone with your kids or your toddler, your baby, or being anxious knowing that you're going to be home alone with them for, you know, a weekend or a day or two, whatever it might be. So many people have this experience. So I think it's so important that we know this. You're not the only one that gets anxious when your husband says he has to work late and so you have to do bath time and bedtime on your own. And to be honest, sometimes when I'm by myself, the day goes amazing and it's so enjoyable and I'm actually happy that we're alone together and spending time together. Other times it is a fucking nightmare and I'm in tears and I just want my husband to get home and you never know what kind of experience it's going to be, which I think is why sometimes it can give you anxiety. It's the unexpected. You don't know what to expect. But if there's another adult there or someone else, you know that there's always going to be someone there to help or someone to take over so you can get a break or someone just to look over at and be like, wow, this is fucking insane when they're throwing a major tantrum because they don't want to put their sleep sack on. That is comforting to look over at another adult, especially if it's your partner or your husband or whoever, and be like, wow, this is crazy shit. It's like you're going through it together instead of you're going through it on your own. And I think the feeling would be exacerbated, exacerbated. It would be um, bigger. The feeling would be stronger if it's a stage in your child's life that is not particularly your favorite stage. So, for example, the hardest stage for me so far was from when Milo started crawling until about a few months ago, maybe until his second birthday or something. Um, I just found that period of time difficult. And of course, that was quarantine time as well. But it was like you could never relax. They're not playing independently at all. You always have to be on them because you worry that they're going to hurt themselves. They aren't as interactive, like you can't ask them questions and they answer, it's like they play less. It was just an odd time for me. I didn't enjoy it. Some people probably love it and there are, you know, positives to that stage as well. I just found it difficult. Um, Yeah, I just didn't enjoy it as much. I, and some people hate the newborn stage. They think that is really difficult, like the getting up in the middle of the night and all the feedings and so on. I preferred that over the crawling to like two years old stage. Everyone is going to have their 
you know, stages in their child's life that they're going to prefer over the other one. I'm sure some people love, you know, the young elementary school age. Some people love high school years. We're all different. So if you're in one of those stages where you're like, "Eh, like not my favorite, it's difficult for me for whatever reason, then I assume that you would have these feelings more so than if it's in a stage that you feel more comfortable in and that you're feeling more so like, yeah, I got this. This is awesome. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Little Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals, so you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding, and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon Plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. So as I was saying, obviously quarantine and COVID has really fucked some people over. At the same time, it has been good for some people based on, you know, what people have told me because their partners are now working from home. So it's almost like they always have that second adult there, even if they're busy doing work. There's somebody else in the house. 
So for us, I didn't have that because my husband's a physician. He was still going to work as he normally would. If anything, he was even more busy. So I was home alone a lot and not just regular work hours because he's on call a lot. So he could be on call and at the hospital until, you know, 9 p.m., 10 p.m. at night. Or he can get, he can get called in in the middle of the night or he'd be gone on weekends. And it's always unpredictable. You don't know what's going to happen, which also, again, as I was saying before, can cause more anxiety. And it's not always anxiety or, you know, this panic feeling. It's more so just like, oh, fuck, this sucks. Like, it's just like shitty. Not having extended family around or friends, like really good friends that you can rely on or hang out with is also difficult. We recently moved from Sudbury, which is where all my family is, into the GTA where, you know, I have a few good friends, but they don't, it's not like they live down the street. They're like a 45 minute to an hour long drive. So to plan anything with them is kind of like a big to do. It's not just like, hey, we're going to drop in for a visit. So that is also difficult as well. Um, When Milo was younger, it was so nice to have family nearby. As I was saying, if I knew I was going to be home alone, it was like, oh, like we want to come over for a visit or I'll take Milo over to your place and just hang out for a little bit and it breaks up your day and it's, you know, communication with another adult. So many people had said that even when they're home alone, they FaceTime people a lot and I do the exact same thing. It's like I get home from picking up at daycare and my husband's not here. I instantly think to FaceTime my mom because I just want to talk to somebody. I want to be like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I really, I should look into it and talk to like someone who's a professional in this kind of area because I don't understand it. It's like, why do I get home and instantly want to FaceTime someone? Well, it's always my mom. Um, I just had a turmeric tea. This is totally off topic, but my voice is so raspy. Or I need to drink more liquids or something. If I'm going to podcast for any length of time, I need a better voice. Maybe I should take voice lessons. Anyways, bear with me. I I suck at talking, which is so funny. Like, why do I podcast? I suck at talking because I lose my voice. Okay, I'm going to Google after and see what I can do. Okay, anyways, back to the, the topic. So yeah, FaceTime is huge. I FaceTime my mom all the time if I'm home alone. Um, Someone wrote in saying that like some people prefer to be home alone with their child or baby or toddler and that like I'm not saying that everyone doesn't like being alone but someone had said that it could be dependent upon whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. And I don't know if that's what it is because I am not an extrovert. I know it might seem that way on social media or by watching my TikToks or whatever, but I'm not. I have been in grad school for the last 10 plus years and I sit at home and I do work by myself. Um, You know, I've had jobs here and there where I'm working in an office, but It's very much like you're doing your own thing at your computer. Research is not exactly a social uh, career path. So yeah, I would not say that I'm an extrovert at all. And it's not like I crave social contact for that reason. It's like if I'm home alone 
for example, I'm home alone Monday to Friday while Milo's at daycare and it's not like I crave going out and talking to people. I'm like content to be by myself. So it's got to be something else. One thing for myself that I know is true is that I am a busy body. I have to be doing something, focused on something, um, cleaning, whatever it might be, doing work stuff. So I find it's difficult when I'm home alone with Milo because I can't do anything and I'm more so just, you know, playing one-on-one with him or whatever it might be, making him lunch, like eating with him, going outside, which is enjoyable for some reasons, but at the same my microphone just fell at the same time it's I'm not able to focus and do stuff that I normally would do so having a child for me was a huge shift because I spent 24 7 just focusing on doing things that I was trying to achieve so reaching goals applying for scholarships writing papers like getting into this program like I was constantly working towards something and then when I'm home alone with Milo it's like I can't do that anymore I and it's weird and I it's probably an issue like whether it's rooted in anxiety or some kind of overachieving problem. I find it difficult that if I want to do something and then I'm home alone with Milo, I can't do it. And it might not be related to work per se. It could be cleaning or organizing the garage or whatever it is. So sometimes I think to myself like, Renee, you're home with Milo all day on Saturday, so don't worry about anything else and just focus on having fun with Milo. And if I'm in that headspace, then it's a lot easier. Um, And so for my maternity leave from my PhD program, that was my mindset for 12 months. It was like, you don't even have to think about school at all and you can just focus on Milo for 12 months and so it made it a lot easier to be in those situations because technically I wasn't even allowed to touch school stuff or contact anybody in the program so it made it a lot easier but with what I'm doing now with the podcast and social media stuff it's like you can always be doing something so I need to just get better at switching off once I'm home alone with Milo or even home with my husband and Milo it's like switch it off Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner, I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. 
Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night, and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner, they have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment, and there's also a glossing detangling which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair is too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolav.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. When I was reading everyone's feedback that they gave me on this topic, um, it made me think about the saying or the proverb that says, it takes a village which is so interesting because nowadays I feel like we're supposed to do everything on our own, but it's almost like we have this deep-rooted desire to have more people involved, which comes out in not wanting to be home alone, uh, not wanting to do things on our own, which, you know, on the surface, it makes sense because, and I always used to think that, like, Renee, why is it such a big deal that Pri's going to be gone for bath time and bedtime? And it's like, well, because it's 10 times harder when you're by yourself. So obviously, I think it's a natural human desire to want someone else there to make it easier. It just makes sense. But yeah, I always think about that. It takes a village, yet we are doing everything, especially during COVID times, on our own. One other little nugget of what I was thinking about before I get into some comments that you guys sent me with regard to this topic is because I find it difficult sometimes to be home alone with Milo, I project that onto my husband. So if I have something to do, whether it's a podcast recording or whatever, and my husband does bath time and bedtime alone, or he's alone with Milo for half a day on a weekend or whatever it might be, I have what I call partner guilt. I feel bad that my husband is by himself. So because I had a difficult time last week or whatever, I put that onto my husband and think, oh my God, like he must be so upset that he's by himself for half a day while I go do whatever I'm doing. And which sucks because it can suck your ability to enjoy what you're going to do by yourself. And it's the same thing with mom guilt, like these emotions and feelings that we have suck the enjoyment out of things that we should enjoy. Um, And meanwhile, my husband's at home having, you know, a totally fine time with Milo and he's not even struggling. But I'm like, oh my God, my husband's by himself. I feel so bad. I should be there. 
when really my husband probably doesn't have the mental load and emotions like, you know, dad guilt and thinking about screen time and thinking about what he's getting for lunch. And like, he probably doesn't stress and overthink about all these things. So he probably has an easier time on his own than I would do. He's not as affected by Milo being upset or throwing a tantrum. So really, I have to think about that when I'm leaving them by themselves and I should not be projecting my thoughts and my experiences onto my husband. Because when I ask my husband, he's like, we're fine, babe. Go do whatever you want to do. Like, we're fine. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I, I think about this often as well. Okay, so let's get into some comments that you guys sent in. It was bananas how many people wrote in about this topic. So if you feel this way, you are not alone. It is extremely common. That's the most responses I've ever gotten on a sticker on my stories. But before I read those, isn't it wild how Macaulay Culkin spells his name? I had initially typed it out and I was very wrong. I had put capital M, lowercase c, capital C, A-U-L-Y. No, 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 no. That is not how it is spelt. I was shocked. Anyways. All right. Some comments that I received. My heart sinks when my husband goes pee. I thought something was wrong with me. I literally harass my husband to come home when I've been alone with them too long. Um, I'm due in May. My partner works 12-hour shifts an hour away. Family and friends are five hours away. Hashtag send help. Um, Someone says 100%. It can be really lonely, especially on tougher days when you have to work so hard to keep your own emotions regulated while they cry and throw themselves, etc. Someone says, I always try to have other adults around, whether we go travel to visit someone or play dates. Uh, Someone says, I do think it's normal, but I wonder if more so for extroverts. I'm introverted and I prefer being alone. Someone says, I totally feel this way. I feel better when my hubby is home, even if he's working from home. Um, Someone says, 100% relate, like you have some form of backup, even if it's just to maintain your sanity. Yes, 100%. I used to cry when my husband would leave for work. I am still, I still am. I'm just not as bad. 100%. My partner is in real estate and the days are really long, especially the weekends. Yeah, it must be so difficult when the partner works out of town for long periods of time, which my dad did that our whole childhood and my mom had three kids. And I'm just, I always think about that. Like how in the actual hell did she do all this? But anyways, obviously at the time I didn't think that at all. It was like not a big deal. Um... Yes, I was told I had postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. I would literally watch the clock till my partner was home. Uh, I am a homebody naturally, but I still do this. I hate being alone. Yes, I have caught it has caused my anxiety to be worst. Worse. Oh my God, Renee. Um. 100%. Isn't it normal to want to be around humans that can actually respond when you talk? Um, do, do, do. Someone says, I don't get that luxury. I'm a single parent. I do have support, but it is mostly just me and my babe. And that's what I said in the post is, 
you know, we, so many of us wait for our partners to get home. We dread being home alone if our partners leave for work. And it's like, I'm always thinking about single parents, how incredibly difficult it must be day in and day out. And I don't know if it's something that you ever get used to. Like, I just can't imagine. And I just give them so much credit. And literally a day does not go by where I think about like, wow, what if we had this situation and I was on my own? Or what if I was a single parent and having to navigate even just like getting him ready in the morning and doing bath and bedtime every single day in and out, in and out. And, you know, bad evenings when we go through those things like sleep regressions for days on end, like it must be exhausting physically and emotionally exhausting to be the only person there and now add on more than one kid like my mind is always blown when i think about single parents so on that note i will end this episode here we're already pretty much at 25 minutes and i like to keep these ones fairly short um yeah if you haven't already please go rate review and subscribe to the podcast it helps so much with staying in the top of the charts and just gaining exposure Uh, on Apple Podcasts, so please go and do that. I don't think Spotify has a rating um, area on their platform, but anyways, just downloading the episodes is great, and I am so thankful. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at the.mom.room. I have something super exciting coming up for the podcast. I think it will be launching in April, so stay tuned for that. Like, so excited. So excited. If there is a topic that you would like to hear more about or you would like a professional on to talk about certain things, please let me know. Email is usually the best way to get a hold of me because DMs are just overwhelming and I don't get to read every direct message, unfortunately. I wish I could. My Like, I dream of going on a vacation and all I can do is answer messages. Like, that would be lovely. Just, like, sit by a pool and answer messages while drinking a margarita. All right, the sun is shining and my goal is to go out for a walk this afternoon. So, I'm going to eat lunch and go and do that. I will probably leave my dogs at home because they drive me crazy. All right, I hope your children sleep tonight. Are you looking for a podcast that'll make you laugh? You came to the wrong place. That's not us. That's not us. Well, it is. We are a husband and wife who chat about raw, real relationship topics. Yeah, like sex. Like money. Like marriage and kids. But we're not afraid to talk about how your newborn baby probably isn't as cute as you think it is. If you're in need of entertainment while you're driving to work, because that sucks, we can join you in the suckage, kind of like being in your ear. Not physically. So if you want to laugh, come check us out. Come check us out. Brought to you by The Laughing Couple Podcast. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.